Hello, and welcome to episode 186 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Kelly E., the newest member of the Modern Manager community. And welcome back to Joey G. And a warm welcome to all the new listeners. I am so excited you decided to give the show a try. And if you like what you learned today, I hope that you'll check out the membership options. By joining, you not only get additional resources and perks to support your professional development, you also get to support me in the production of the show. Head on over to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off any membership level. Today's episode is about individual development plans, or IDPs. This topic came up in a group coaching call, and since I hadn't yet covered it, I thought it would be a good time. So let me start by saying that there are lots of ways that companies do IDPs. Some have a particular system that everyone uses. Some leave it up to the manager to figure out. Some only do IDPs for their high potential talent, and others only do them when someone is seriously struggling. What I am going to share is a mix of best practices and specific ways that I work with my coaching clients to intentionally develop their mindset, habits, and skills. And as a side note, I would love to work with you one-on-one to unleash your potential. So if that's of interest, you can learn more at mamieks.com or reach out directly to me by email, and that is in the show notes. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. We're going to start with the basics. What exactly is an individual development plan? As I mentioned a moment ago, they come in a variety of shapes and sizes, but for today, here's how I define them. An IDP is a work plan that outlines your growth goals, measures of success, and actions you'll take to achieve those goals. For me, an IDP can be super short-term or have a 10-year vision. And in most cases, it's probably good to have both. The long-term gives you direction for how you want your career to evolve so that you intentionally move towards your dream role rather than feeling at the whim of whatever promotion you're offered or whatever job opportunities available when you decide it's time to move on. And while the long-term helps you figure out the big moves as well as some of the smaller steps, the short-term has more immediate impact on you and your current situation. This way, you can see real progress and benefit from the results of your efforts. So... An IDP is a work plan that outlines your growth goals, metrics of success, and actions you'll take to achieve the goals. Let's break that down. First, it's a work plan, not a document, not a statement. And like any work plan, it needs to be attended to regularly. It needs to be referenced, updated, and revised as you move forward. It's not something that gets done once and then is taped to your wall or hidden in a digital file and then forgotten about until next year. It's a living, breathing document. Now, the three things that an IDP contains are those growth goals, measures of success, and actions. So starting with these growth goals, there are three buckets or areas of growth to consider, including in your plan. What knowledge you need to gain, what skills you need to develop, and what experiences you need to have. Knowledge can be any type of information. For example, I have a client who's interested in moving from an operations role into a people and culture role. She needs to learn more about HR regulations and compliance. Knowledge could be of a particular industry, a market, a functional specialty, or really anything. Skills include both hard and soft skills. And the difference between knowledge and skills is that knowledge is in the realm of ideas and information, whereas skills are the realm of behavior. Skills could include learning a specific database program, or project management, or how to delegate, or public speaking, 
or staying calm under pressure, or making high-quality decisions, or building relationships across difference. Lastly, experiences are the opportunities to be in the situation to gain the real-life learnings that only come from living through something. For example, this might be managing a fully remote team, or pitching and winning new business, or navigating through a crisis, or dealing with a difficult employee. It's these experiences that teach us in a really deep way and then inform how we think and act going forward. And as much as we can prepare our knowledge and skills for these situations, the real lessons only come when we're immersed in it. And we can build on those lessons by looking back and reflecting to see how they've shaped us. So you want to create those goals that are about knowledge, skills, or experiences that you need. And there are two general ways to determine what those goals could be. The first is what you're currently struggling with. What is it that if you could overcome would make you more effective and satisfied in your current role? For example, I'm working with one person who has very high expectations and is nearing the edge of burnout. And with her, it's learning to accept when things are just good enough and that that is okay. I have another client who wants to learn how to influence without authority, which, by the way, is a great topic that I'll be covering in an upcoming episode. So these types of short-term goals can come from what you know would make you better or feedback from your team or your boss. The other approach to goal setting is to start with your career vision. What role do you hope to have in three or five or 10 years? Go beyond the job title to describe the position and the responsibilities that you would have. This vision then provides direction for what you need to gain in order to make that vision a reality. Now, if you go down the second route, you'll need to translate that vision into these actionable growth goals. This can be a very in-depth process of researching, having interviews, reading job descriptions, or observing others who are in similar roles, all in search of defining that specific knowledge, skills, and experiences that you need for those future roles. Once you've gathered all that information, you'll then need to do an analysis to determine which knowledge, skills, and experiences you already have and which you need to gain. That can also be a very in-depth process that includes assessments, asking for feedback, doing a deep dive into your past education, volunteer work, or professional experiences. I've included a bit more on how to do this type of deep work in the episode guide, so check that out if this is the approach that you plan to take. But let's just say that now you've got your goals. So next up is measures of success. I personally separate goals from measures because I'm not a fan of SMART goals. I know it's a really great formula for some people, but for me, I want a really simple, straightforward goal that just says what I'm trying to do. Then I'll have a list of metrics that describe how I know that I've gotten to that success. So here's an example of one of my personal growth goals for 2022 and those measures of success. Goal. Learn to be on camera and make video content with confidence. Measures. Recording videos feels as easy as recording a podcast. Capture high-quality content in two takes or less. Experience minimal procrastination and emotional stress when it comes time to record a video. If you haven't figured out yet, my plan in 2022 is to make video, which is a totally new thing for me. And it's a little intimidating, but it's an important part of my growth for myself and for my business. So as you can see, those measures are things that expand upon the goal and give me very specific things to work towards. And they're all things that I currently struggle with that if changed would make a huge difference. So as you are thinking about the measures, they can be qualitative or quantitative. They can be externally validated, like your boss agrees that you've mastered this skill or you complete a certification or pass a test. Or they can be internal to you. They can be about the way you feel or experience something, like having confidence or having a new habit or mindset. 
Finally, we're on to actions. Here is where you decide what you're going to do to gain the skills, knowledge, and experiences that you've identified in your goals. These actions can range from reading a book to attending a course, getting a certification. They could be working with a coach or just practicing or incorporating a new routine or mantra or seeking out specific opportunities. There are endless ways we can go about learning. And what's important is that you figure out how you're going to do that learning in a way that is meaningful. And what I mean by that is if you want to improve your ability to accept feedback without getting defensive, you can't just read a book about it and call it done. Reading a book to learn some strategies is a great first step, but then you just need to practice it by going out and asking for feedback and applying those strategies that you've learned. And this is where the IDP becomes a working document. You've crafted the goals, you've determined those measures, and you've got your actions, so it's time to try them out. And you may have to iterate, come up with some new actions, find an accountability partner, or incorporate a tracking system. You'll want to check in on your plan every month or so to update it with what actions you've taken, whether you've reached any measures or goals, and you may need to add some new actions along the way. What gets really exciting is that when you achieve those goals, you get to add new ones. I like to always have one to three goals that I'm working on at a time. The exact number depends on how big the goals are, how important growth is at the time, as well as how long the growth might take. I found that, at least for me and my clients, more than three goals is a distraction and can be overwhelming. But only limiting yourself to one can end up feeling too slow. And here's why. If you're learning to code, you can control how often you take classes or practice the skill. But if it's something that's reliant on external factors, like how often you can attend a networking event or whether your manager gives you opportunities to lead projects, you don't want to wait around doing nothing when you could be actively developing in another area. Okay, so that's the overview of an IDP. And I shared that from the point that you need to create one for yourself. And that's because as much as I believe a rockstar manager develops their people, no one can truly have the responsibility of developing someone else. It's on the individual to take ownership over their own growth. The manager can play an outsized role and a really critical one, but if the person doesn't want to learn, even the best boss can't make them. That being said, you can and should work with your team members to develop their IDPs. You can have conversations with them about their future career goals, give them feedback on how they could improve in their current role, and share your ideas about what knowledge, skills, and experiences they benefit from gaining. You can also walk them through the IDP development process or have them listen to this podcast and then review their IDP with them. Then you'll want to set up regular meetings so you can check in on progress, share where you've seen them grow and where more progress is needed, brainstorm action items, or help them craft new goals. You can be their accountability partner, a cheerleader, and even a coach when it's appropriate. And one critical role you play is to identify and offer opportunities that align with their growth goals. You can also help secure budget for their development and give them regular, honest feedback. The episode guide for this week goes into more details on the process for developing an IDP, as well as how to work with your team members to create and manage their own IDPs. It also includes a template that I use with my clients for documenting and tracking goals, measures of success, and actions. To get this episode guide and dozens of other episode guides, guest bonuses, and member perks, become a member by going to themodernmanager.com join. If you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. Membership starts at $5 per month. So make this your year of growth by investing in yourself and becoming a member. If membership isn't right for you, you can also purchase this individual guide and any other episode guide at themodernmanager.com shop. 
All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox along with the mini guide when you subscribe to my newsletter. Get on that list at bemodermanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.